Welcome to the South Dakota Soybean Pod, brought to you by South Dakota Soybean Farmers and their checkoff. I'm Tom Stever, discussing the incredible soybean, the people who grow it, and why that crop is so important. There are many stories of success among alumni of the American Soybean Association Corteva Young Leader Program. A lot of program participants have enjoyed the benefits of what they learned through that opportunity. Today, we're talking with South Dakota Soybean Association board member Tanner Hemtel. Tanner's service on the association board is by way of his participation in the Corteva Young Leader Program, which includes a South Dakota Soybean Association board membership. Tanner's farming operation, shared with his brother, is at South Dakota's Southern Edge near Avon. For anybody that doesn't really know where that's at, it's kind of right along the South Dakota-Nebraska border. Newest board member, really, really happy to be here. Okay, let's talk about how you got involved with the Corteva Young Leader Program because that's what brought you to the board of the South Dakota Soybean Association. Yeah, so I had was really fortunate that one of my pioneer agronomists that really started getting to know me knew that I was looking for something greater out of ag rather than just growing corn and soybeans. And he knew about this Corteva program and he really recommended me applying. It sounded great from the word go and it's pretty much been a good ride ever since. Really just brought together kind of what I already knew that I wanted a greater purpose and it really has provided just that for me. What about that greater purpose? What is that for you? I kind of had a unique background. I wasn't always thinking about getting into ag. I was in graduate school. I was a biology, English double major. And as the cards would have it, my parents ended up dying my first semester. And I was faced with the decision where my farm of five generations was either going to more or less need to be liquidated or I was going to come back and quit school. It sounds crazy, but it wasn't really a hard decision at all stopping. I knew I had some intangible skills writing and speaking. After a couple of years in ag, I realized not everybody wants to speak and have a voice. After really developing my passion for ag, I knew I needed to give something back for the greater good. That was really the driving force that got me into this. So through that unspeakable tragedy of losing your parents and being faced with a choice of, do I go back to the farm? Mm-hmm. What went through your mind? How did you arrive at the decision to go back? It wasn't even that complex of a thought. I've had this question quite a few times. So my mom died first, and then a few months later, my dad did. And my dad had cows at the time, so I knew after he died, you know, someone needed to get back and feed him. And it, getting back on the farm, within the first hour, I felt way more comfortable than I thought I ever could, considering how recently it passed. And it was that comfort that really drove it home, that I, I knew this is where I needed to be. And even though this wasn't the plan A, B, or C. I had an internal compass really guiding me, and it it was pointing right at the farm. I still to this day don't necessarily know what the end goal is, but I know me being involved in ag and me being on the farm is exactly where I need to be. Let's talk about the uh, Corteva Young Leader Program a little bit more, and that is who is it for? Who should apply for this? And if you were sitting with someone right now, how would you talk them into doing it? No, I'd be happy to. The Corteva program is really designed for somebody who wants something more in ag. Maybe they have some raw skills of speaking or wanting to be a leader within their community. I considered myself a very unpolished rock when I started this. Not that I'm overly polished yet, but the edges are getting a little more smooth. 
They offer some really, really great skills, not even ag-based. One of the things I really focus on is a diverse range of personalities. I'm kind of on the talkative side, and maybe I sometimes say a few more words than are necessary, but I really learn how to interact with somebody who is quiet, how to extract the information out of them so they feel like they have a space. We really learned how to be good at interviewing, how to say the proper thing, how to get your point across. So it it's ag-focused, but it really can encompass any part of your life. So those were probably two of my biggest takeaways as far as bettering of yourself. Anybody that's looking to make the best version of themselves, this is a great program to be a part of. What does it entail? It starts out, there's different phases. The first phase is in Johnston, Iowa. That one, you're really getting to know your classmates. The best part is you think since you're an ag, I already know what ag is. I'm not going to meet anybody that I don't know anything. There's growers from Georgia that come that are growing cotton. At least I wasn't aware of how that worked. Usually there's a representative from Canada. Number one, your classmates alone are already educating you. You're building such a great network of like-minded individuals. A lot of farmers like to think they don't need a support system ever or if anything is bad, but there's always tough days. There's not many, but you know, when there are, it's not easy to explain to the suburban mom what it's like watching your corn slowly die. Having that network, you know, I have all my classmates from Corteva are on. We have a giant Snapchat group, and it's someone's doing really well or sharing a photo of the farm or someone's having a tough day on that. It's a really good support community. The classmate building up, that was something I wasn't expecting but was a really, really good thing that I discovered. Not only do you meet your classmates, you start to see the higher-ups at ASA. You get to see how the decisions are made. You get to see what your dollar, I guess, is really doing. And for me, seeing that farmers really do have a voice and they really do have an influence was something that really instilled a passion within me. It seems like the program is designed to build leaders, but tell me about your specific goals through the program. What would you like to see become of yourself having been a part of this? I always want to be the best part of myself that I can be. And not to reiterate the compass comment, but I know the direction that I need to go. I didn't necessarily choose ag from day one, but this is my passion. I can leave my land behind. I can leave my machinery, but there is something me personally greater that I want to leave behind for all of ag. Like I mentioned, not every farmer can articulate and say what they want to say. I want to be the voice that when this is all done, if there is any negative stigma with farmers, if there's anybody that ever has a question, I want to be the image that someone thinks of like, let's ask him. He knows. And if he doesn't know, he's going to get the answer. What I want to get out of it for myself is really leaving ag in a better spot than where I found it. How do you take what you have learned from the program and apply that to yourself and your farm? I would say the thing I took the most from this really is the personality assessment, honestly. My brother is probably as opposite as me as you can get. For anybody that doesn't know, I'm 5'9", and my brother is 6'6", so I'm a little bitter about the genetic pool there, but he's a very quiet, reserved guy. We never really had arguments, but, you know, there were moments maybe where I didn't fully understand how to cross our personalities, and this class did a great job of that. Just even in day-to-day life, meeting somebody, I'm starting to recognize somebody who is maybe just as talkative as I am, someone who's more methodical, and I, it's really great getting those kind of skills down. They're lifelong skills, learning how to interact with people. 
if I had to give a thesis statement for everything between the interviewing, the classmates, the networking, the personality, it, it really teaches you how to interact with people in a positive light. That's really what brought it home for me. Back to your brother, you, despite the height difference, you farmed together. <laughs> yep. So we had very dissimilar paths, but the same. So he's actually 10 years older than me. He was a power lineman up in Ipswich, South Dakota, and similar. I was 22 when Dad died, and he was 32. We both stopped the same day and came back, and it's not only did the farm break comfort, but having somebody there reconnecting with family in that light has been... Someone made the joke, it might have even been the banker, which maybe that wasn't a good sign on the first day. Someone said once, the one ship that always sinks is a partnership. I kind of didn't really take it too to heart. You know, it was what it was. For anybody that doesn't think you can't work with family, I'd say come visit our operation. We have such a common goal. We're aware of the greater good that we're trying to accomplish. There's no egos. Every day is a great day. There might have been three bad days on the farm in 10 years, and they all involved cows, so go figure. (laughs) So you have a good partner, and you didn't even pick him. No, no. We knew the farm was going to take both of us to run it. We had our background growing up, but Dad really didn't allow any uh, too many decisions to be made at 18. So yeah, it was it was a really good support system having us both there. There's not many tough days, but it it feels good to still be able to talk about Dad and the operation together. So it sounds a little morbid, but it it really doesn't even feel like he's gone. Honestly, every every day is a good day. You can feel it, and it is the best therapy I could have ever asked he's, for. He's still there. Yeah, Dad, Grandpa, Great Grandpa. We're fifth generation, and there's. It's the best comfort I could ever envision for this scenario. So really, you're taking from the generation that preceded you and applying it to what you're doing now. So really, that's not a lot different than, hopefully, a lot of people would wish for. No, no. It, I don't really even consider the farm to be mine so much. I'm trying to better it for the next generation if they come As much of a tragedy as it was, there were so many good things that came from it and given to me, and I never want to waste those skills. You know, it goes back to getting involved in this program. I I thought it was just going to be a couple of trips maybe, you know, to Iowa, learn a few things how to speak better, and that would be it, and maybe make a couple of board meetings. But there was a reason why I came back to the farm, and there is a reason I'm I'm here today interviewing, and it's all the right direction, it's all the right feeling, and I I know this is the right place. You said you have taken part in this program to uh, learn these things. What do you plan to do with them? How would you like to lead? What do you plan after this? Going to D.C. for the lobbying aspect with a couple of the members from the Soybean Board was probably the most eye-opening thing. For anybody that doesn't really know the ASA, we, we really focus on the policy side of things. We really try to put our dollars to the farm bill, to the legislatures, to knowing what things are important. We're led by so many good leaders at that national meeting on the ASA level. So at some point, I want to keep climbing, and I want to learn from those before me, but apply some skills and knowledge maybe that not everybody else has. What do I want to take away from it? I I really want to let the growers know that we do have a voice. Farmers may sometimes feel that their opinion can't be heard, or how can I make a difference? Those people in D.C. are never going to hear me. You know, it's not that many steps to get a voice there. I want to be the liaison that they can come to where I I know what they're saying, I know what their concerns are, and I'm the one that's willing to be in the three-piece suit when it's 95 degrees in D.C., getting our voice heard. Above all else, I really hope I become a better person through this. So what tips can you share for other farmers as far as advocacy is concerned? And what you've learned through this program, what can you share with other farmers? 
You know, what I would share with other farmers is a lot more people are on our side or at least neutral than you would think. Media usually always publicizes the worst case scenario. You know, we we see anti-GMO campaigns. We see animal neglect cases. It's really not like that. There's so many people that are willing to hear the positive light. You just need to have somebody that's willing to tell your story. That's what we're about. If anybody doesn't know, one of the things I started doing with all the flying and traveling, I have a little I Love GMO button on the back of my backpack. And walking through any number of airports, I pretty much never have an idle moment. That's a really good conversation starter. And I've only had a few that were somewhat confrontational, but most people are like, oh, you know, I, I know about GMOs. Why do you love them? And there's so many people that are receptive to the good story in egg. It's very refreshing to know that that's the case. So what keeps you up at night, Tanner? What issues concern you the most? I think the hot word both in Congress right now and even in farming is sustainability. We have to have a balance with chemicals and fertilizer applications. We can't control every aspect of the farm, but we need to make sure that we're leaving what we have in place for the next generation. I live about 10 miles from the Missouri River. It is just majestic. It's very comforting. You can see the cliffs across from Nebraska, the waves crashing over the rocks. And that image is something that I want to preserve. I don't ever want any part of my farm success to cause any issues like that. I'm a grower, and I want to yield the best I can, but I, I want to make sure what I'm leaving behind is sustainable. I think that's the number one concern at this point, and it can and will be done. We just need to make sure we're thinking through the steps to accomplish that. If you had a message for the average producer, the producer who might not have the time, the wherewithal, the resources to become involved in, in South Dakota soybean leadership, what message do you have for that producer? The main message I would have is it is not that many steps to get some of our local representatives to hear us. We have, I think it's 12 or 13 board members coming to any number one of us with a general concern. We're going to hear it. We're going to discuss it at a board meeting. We go a couple of times a year to D.C. We discuss things very in-depth and frequent. So if someone has a very genuine concern that resonates, it's going to get to our board, and then we're going to realistically bring it up at probably the ASA meeting in D.C. And then once that's done, we're the ones lobbying and going straight to our representatives. So it is not a hopeless cause if you have a concern to get your voice heard where it needs to be heard. So if there is anything I could encourage a grower, especially in my local area, if they ever have something they worry about or an issue they have, it, please come to me. I am so passionate and so happy to spend every moment of my time doing this. We joke on the board, you know, there's always something we could be doing. There's a ditch to cut. There's a bale to be made. There's something to be sprayed. But we sacrifice the time and we're happy to do it. This is our passion. If it's an ag-related question, there isn't one of us that wouldn't be happy to hear it. Talk about your future. Tanner, what do you plan for yourself? I really plan on assuming the board allows me to come back for another couple of years, which hopefully I've made a good impression at this point. I really, really plan on staying with the board. The next step up is kind of on the national stage for the ASA. For anybody that doesn't know, the current president right now of ASA for the whole United States is actually from South Dakota. So it can be done. We're a small state. I usually set pretty lofty goals. I don't necessarily vocalize them, but I guess here's an opportunity to do that. So I I really hope that I can be a leader on that level, something where I, I offer something for decades to come and ag and allow some good that maybe wasn't saw before. From what you have learned since being made a member or a participant in the Corteva Young Leader Program, 
What is the future? How do you feel about the future of soybean growers, of farming in general? The future is great. You know, I think any layperson, any member of ASA that saw the Young Leader Program, there was every day there was enthusiasm. It was a five-day adventure in New Orleans during Commodity Classic for the second stage of training. The first one, like I mentioned, was in Johnston, Iowa. And every day, everyone was so elated. There was happiness. Nobody dreaded being there. We were all passionate about egg. It was such an infectious mood. I don't think you couldn't be excited about the future of ag. So just seeing the younger generation and their passion for it, they're, we are in really good hands. Hopefully me as well. <laughs> but my classmates, it, you can't help but want to learn. I feel so good about the future of ag and what's to come. Anybody that has even a remote inkling, you know, even if it's just something where I think I want to give back a little or I want maybe something a little more than just raising, you know, my farm day to day. I can't encourage this program enough. Once you're there, you will have no regrets. I would be shocked in all the years of the classes to find one person that said this was a waste. Even if it's nothing for your farm and your own growth, your own community, anything. I've learned so many intangible skills that I would, wouldn't give up for the world at this point. One point to drive home more than anything, just if you at all want something to give back, please, please look to this program. How often do you run into alumni of the Young Leader Program? More often than you think. Just was at Sioux Falls Airport, actually, which, you know, is on the smaller end anyway, but saw Mary and Paul. They were some of my Corteva classmates, and shoot, caught right back up with them within 10 minutes. Every year at Commodity, there's a giant reunion for all the Corteva Young Leaders to get back together. So just on our board alone, there's four or five guys that actually completed this program. It shows the longevity. It shows once you complete it, what it really gives back and how much these people really enjoy staying involved in ag. So it's not a one and done. It's a really good feeling to seeing everybody that's been there before you. Talk to me about your, your hobbies. What do you do when you're not farming? I guess I'm a little adventurous and maybe a little more unique than the average farmer. I really like seeing the world. Quite a few countries at this point. Some of my favorites have been Lisbon and Portugal. The image was incredible, seeing the vastness of the ocean. But more locally, I really enjoy hiking. I go to Colorado at least once a year. There's, I believe it's 54 or 56 14,000-foot peaks out there. And this summer will be my seventh one. You might have to wake up at 3 a.m., and it might take you until 5 p.m. to get to the top, but it's an incredible feeling once you get there. But it's a very supportive feeling, the other hikers on the trail. Everybody wants to see you succeed. So it kind of ties back. The greater goal of getting to the top of the mountain is great. And it's really no different in ag. We have all these board members, the directors, the growers. We all want to see each other succeed. We want to see ag as a whole succeed. They don't sound that synonymous, but they kind of overlap in a way. So maybe I just like seeing teamwork in place. <laughs> so you're conquering 14,000-foot peaks. Do you have aspirations of doing ones that are much taller than that? To get any taller than that, you'll need to leave the United States. So I don't ever say no to any potential. So it could be the next step. I'm 32 years old, and I, I enjoy pretty much every day on this earth. I don't think there's anything that makes me unhappy. And I, after I've had my fill of this, I don't know. I could see flying off to Mount Everest and maybe not trying to get to the top, but maybe halfway at least. The adventurous mountaineering type. Tanner Hento is one of the Corteva Young Leader Program participants and a member of the South Dakota Soybean Association Board. He farms with his brother near Avon, South Dakota. 
The South Dakota Soybean Pod comes to you courtesy of South Dakota Soybean Farmers and their checkoff. Be sure to subscribe to the South Dakota Soybean Pod wherever you get your podcasts, as well as at sdsoybean.org. We're also on the air. Check out the South Dakota Soybean Network, heard each week on several South Dakota radio stations. Thank you for listening. This is the South Dakota Soybean Pod. I'm Tom Stever. Oh,